1: Today on the Zabecast, the MJ documentary hit a winner's high note on Sunday, with Jordan saying, hey, if I look like a jerk, it's only because you've never won anything. Andy Poland joins me to share notes on that, plus talk about the skin's distinctly non-primetime schedule. All that plus Chinese Ikea or porn set. You make the call. Your daily Kickstarter of Uncensored Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! <laughs> Here we go! all right let's see if all that trash talking starts when it's zero zero instead of five six point lead that's where it starts that's the sign kind of a good man if you can talk shit when it's even score or talk shit when you're behind score, when your head's ahead it's didn't talk And that's how it went last night on The Last Dance. More on that in a minute, but happy Tuesday, May 12, 2020. Thank you for joining me. So we'll talk about the Jordan documentary. Andy's going to swing in here in just a second. But I wanted to start with a stat of the day. Do I have, once again, I have screwed up in my preparation. I was supposed to switch this cable out, and I didn't, and I could stop and I could edit, but why bother? Because it makes the show sound better? Well, yeah, technically it would make the show sound better, but is it this bad that I just take two quick seconds here? Before I get to stat of the day, this could get ugly. Kobe Bryant's pilot, uh, the representatives, I don't know if they're lawyers or just reps for the pilot and the pilot, and the, his company, but basically the representatives for the pilot in the Kobe Bryant crash, he died of course as well, are blaming the crash on the passengers, meaning Kobe and company. The account I read on TMZ didn't really flesh out exactly their reasoning. They may not have put it in black and white just yet, but they could perhaps soon And some of these civil trials that are going to happen, no doubt. But I would imagine that the reps for the pilot and the reps for the company are going to say, look, even the, you know, even the county police choppers were down that day in California. We should not have been flying, but it was probably Kobe and company that said, we got to go. We got to go. No matter what the weather. They they circled for 15 minutes on the way up uh, from, you know, Orange County because the weather was that bad. And again, I'm not taking sides. I'm just saying this could get ugly. And the headline does not really play very well when you read it. Kobe Bryant's pilots reps blame crash on passengers. Ouch. Okay, I got it ready. Anyone want it? Come on now. Here we go. Stat of the day. All right. What's the hardest hole even for tour pros. The par 3, the par 4, or the par 5. Would you believe it's the par 3? The top 40 players in career money one, All of them have played par 3s over par for the span of their career. behind Uh, This is from Lou Stagner, Golf Stat Pro. That's at Lou, S-T-A-G-N-E-R. And I don't know where they have these stats, but they're out there. And uh, pretty much, you know, every player has played the par threes over par. Now, why is that? I haven't seen, by the way, the numbers of par fours or par fives. I would imagine par fives, Tour pros play those in under par because they can hit a lot of them in two and have two putts for birdie or short wedges for birdie. Par fives are the easiest. Par four is probably the hardest, but par threes are not easy. You'd think that, okay, all you got, you got the ball in the hand, put it on the tee, and your approach shot, it's the best approach shot you could get in theory. I learned as a amateur hacker, one thing about par threes, and it, It makes sense if you think about it, if you play golf, and that is any par three with water, you need to avoid the water at all costs. Because unlike water on a par four, let's say there's a lake left on a par four. You snap hook it into the lake. You take one stroke drop in the fairway. Your next shot is to the green. You're on in three. You can have a putt at par. If you put, your tee shot in a par three in the water, you can't have a shot at par. One in, two out. Your third shot is still going to be a chip or a pitch to the green and be putting for bogey. Wait a minute. I don't get that. Can you explain that to? Think about it. Par threes with water are the most dangerous holes in golf because if you put it in, you're almost guaranteed, well, you are guaranteed pretty much a bogey, And you are, unlike par five, par fives you can recover from water, par fours you can recover from water and still make par, par threes you can, not essentially. And a lot of times you're almost guaranteed a double bogey, which is bad. You want to avoid that at all costs. All right, your thought for the day is, well, first of all, on this date, 15 years ago, one of the great internet memes of all time was born even though it was later proven to be a setup and a fake. It is the internet meme of Leroy cans That is a bunch of nerds playing Wizard of War with one guy ignoring the team's orders to, wait a minute, let's get our plan in place, and just running into the battle. I see if all that trash talking starts when it's 0 oh, Hold on a second. Five, six point lead. All right, that's enough of you, Jordan, sir. Let me turn that off. Okay, here we go. Come on now, Leroy Jenkins. I know you're in there. It's just, who was Leroy Jenkins? That's one thing I don't know, but... Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, come on. Uh, Better than we usually do. Uh, All right, thumbs up. Ready, guys? Let's or- do this. Leroy Jenkins! I got just ran in. Save him. Oh, jeez, stick to the Oh, jeez, yes. let's, let's, let's go,
0: let's go. Stick to the fledge, huh? Stick to the clean. Oh, gee, oh, fuck. Get oh, in my intervention. <laughs> Shut oh. oh, up. I can't cast? I can't move. am I lagging, I can't what move. The, what the hell? I can't aim Oh, my God. Legs, keep saying boy, I don't
1: think you can cast with that shit. Oh, my God. They're just getting slaughtered. Get out. Oh my God! God damn it, Leroy! God damn it, G- G- Leroy! You G- moron, Leroy! Jumon, G- this is this is ridiculous. Stone mask. I'm down. Falling down.
0: God damn it! I got killed uh, before Leroy. I could even out of this. God. Oh, See if he Why you do this shit, Leroy? I'm
1: trying. <laughs> it's not my fault. Who's soulstone? That's <laughs> not. My we do fault. have a up, don't we? Mean, you star uh, oh my no god. god, the graphics are so shitty. So look at this.
0: They're all Leroy, You were just stupid as
1: hell. Oh, boy. At least I have chicken. <laughs> at least I have chicken. <laughs> Happy birthday, Leroy Jenkins meme on the internet. Now, your thought for the day. You have a choice today. You can complain about things you can't control, or you can control what you can and let go of what you can't. Focus on your problems or focus on getting better. You can look for an excuse, or you can look within and find your best. I like that. That's your thought of the day. What, is this going to be some stupid-ass self-help podcast now? No, no, but I'm just saying it's a thought. I liked it when I saw it. Leroy Jenkins. Hello. Hello, Andy. We got to pour one out for the great Jerry Stiller, a.k.a. Costanza's dad from Seinfeld. 92 years. What a career, what a life. And what great yeah. scenes in Seinfeld over the years.
0: You know, for, for, and you're not that much younger than me, but that, that's the first thought of, of Jerry Stiller. And he was great in that. And, uh, and later the the second sitcom that he did, uh, the, the King of Queens or whatever it was. Right. But, uh, but I remember seeing him in the Sixties and seventies on the Ed Sullivan Show with his wife and Mira, and they were great they they did a great stand up routine together and I was very familiar with uh, Jerry Seinfeld once he became you know popular on t v mainstream t v
1: and uh was and jerry stiller is was jewish right dumb question yes. <laughs> okay, I just had to ask you know yes, yes, yes. <laughs> well, you know i mean we
0: we look out for our team members, yes we, sure. Uh, we do that. One uh, of the
1: more underrated scenes everyone has been playing uh, today, of course, the uh, Festivus scenes, and Festivus mm-hmm. is an all-timer. Yep. But I loved the bra salesman interview scene. Here it is. What do you need all that ketchup for?
0: <laughs> this is my ketchup. <laughs> I bought this ketchup just so I could have as much as I want. <laughs> So, I, I talked to Phil Kasakoff today.
1: Phil Kasakoff?
0: Yeah, you know, my friend, the bra salesman. He says they're looking to maybe put somebody on, so I got you an interview next Friday with his boss. Next Friday? What time? Two o'clock. That's my whole afternoon! I was gonna look for sneakers! You can look for sneakers the next day! <laughs> he
1: doesn't know anything about bras.
0: I know a little. What do you have to know? Well, it wouldn't hurt to go in and be able to discuss it intelligently. <laughs> Maybe you should take a look at a few bras. Where's your bra? Give him a bra to look
1: at. I'm not giving him a bra. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> because I don't need him looking at my bra. Fine.
0: So he'll go into the
1: interview. He wouldn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> we have to. And It just goes on and on. I mean, it's, it's <clears throat> such good writing and great acting, and it stands the test of time. I you know my teenage daughters will watch Seinfeld and laugh their face off. And that's really? saying so yes. Man, the good yeah. the good the good writing and the humor I think stands the test of time.
0: Do, do they like it when he picks up a phone that's like the size of a toaster? Oh,
1: oh yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. So many <laughs> of the so much of the technology is now laughable kitsch technology, yeah. but yeah. pour one out for Jerry Stiller. All right, let's start with the Jordan documentary what do you think of episodes seven and eight?
0: Well those the best two so far really I mean, oh yeah why well, because you got to really get inside jordan and and when he you had to wait for it because it didn't come until like the last two minutes of episode seven but when he broke down and cried and said you know this is the way i do it if you don't like it get the hell out of here and and i thought that that was really you know and 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 when you think about it i mean we've had guys who have been winners before but i don't know if we've ever had a guy who despised losing as much as michael jordan and you know here here he comes back from playing baseball for 18 months he has a couple of big games that's 55 points against the knicks Okay, they go down in the playoffs to Orlando. You say, well, you know, came back late in the season. You chalk it up to that and you get ready for next year. He came back with a vengeance. They won I 72 see. games the next year. That, in fact, I remember talking to John Nash, who was the general manager of the Bullets during that season. And he said, well, yeah, I mean, the Bulls, they're, they're really running up these games, but Phil Jackson, he's not going to let him try and break the Lakers' record of 69. It's just, it's just wear out the team. He's not going to let him do it. And they blew by it. They, yeah. they just,
1: they, they that's just that's implying lose. that Phil had the final say. I'm sure yeah. Michael at some point said, Fuck it, I want that record.
0: Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. No, I, I just, I, and that yeah. that
1: season was incredible because they were such a rock star team. Yeah. And what they were doing was so incredible and, and you, you, you got really into it. It was awesome. Here's the thing though about him saying, you know, look, you know, anyone that, you know, doesn't understand this has never won anything. It's a dangerous line to play because a lot of great guys, great players, great athletes Mm -hmm. just didn't quite win, whether it was Barkley or Carl Malone or any number of people. I mean, if you're saying winning championships is the only thing, that's dangerous because a lot of great players just didn't get to the mountaintop.
0: Yeah, well, that's what uh, was the thing with Wilt was that uh, he won, I guess, two of them. But he was constantly losing to Bill Russell's Celtics. The Celtics right. were a better team. Yeah, Wilt was a great player, but Boston had the better team. And had he played in a different era, it might have been uh, a little bit different. But but you know the the Jordan doing the three three the two three peats just the, the the symmetry of that
1: that's and yeah and, six, he, and 0. six and Six and oh in the finals and you can say stuff like that because he's the ultimate winner he never lost on the biggest stage in the biggest moment and as the saying goes the winners write the history books and therefore he can justify being an asshole now had he been one in five we might be saying you know he could have won a few more if he wasn't such an asshole <laughs> yeah right you know yeah. what i mean? <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah. The winning
1: The yeah. winning drives the narrative. I, it doesn't make me like him any less. I don't think anything he did was that cruel, so he got in a scrap with Steve Kerr, and he punched him in the face. Big deal. So he told Horace Grant, you can't eat. Big deal. You know, he yeah. called Stacey King Burger King because he was fat. Big deal. <laughs> He's an alpha personality in an alpha sport, so either deal with it, or go home and cry to mommy.
0: Yeah, and it's professional basketball, and if you didn't like playing in that mm-hmm. situation, you could get out of it. And you know, I think you know people talk about Bill Walsh and all the winning he did. People who played for him said it was tough. It, it's not fun, you know. It's it's hard, and eventually you look back and say, "Wow, wasn't it great to win?" But while you're doing it, it's a tough process.
1: Yeah, some are saying that's why Gronk came out of retirement. Yeah. He didn't retire from football. He retired from Belichick. Right, right. And so now right. he's like, oh, this this could be fun. i can go do this. Play for a coach that's, you know, win win or lose, either way we booze. You know, <laughs> hey, let's go, <laughs> Bruce Arians. So um, the Pippen thing was interesting because he said he wouldn't do it any differently about refusing to go in the game when they called up a final shot for Tony Kukoc in a big playoff game. Do you think Pippen – should have at least this many years later said, you know what, I didn't handle it well, and I sort of regret it.
0: Yeah, that was the most bizarre thing in that. I mean, he it's forgotten because kukoch made the shot, but you know, if if he had had not, you know, that'll be that would have hung with Pippen much longer. And it just—it's just odd. I mean, why, why would you say that now, all these years later? You know, why would you say I would do the same thing over and over again?
1: Do you why get, would you do that? Do you get the feeling that them and Ku are still not cool with each other? The Bulls uh, and Ku coach. I just it, it, and Ku seems a little bit bitter himself. Like he had no chance when he came in because Jerry Krause loved him so much. It sort of poisoned the relationship. I mean, Coot Coach was right. He said, look, I hit a lot of game-winning shots. I was a yeah. good shooter. I'm six-nine, lefty, can get the shot up when you need it most without having to worry about setting a lot of screens. I mean, it, it really is the antithesis of sports and being a team guy to say, oh, I'm not getting the ball, fuck you, I'm going to sit down.
0: Yeah, I mean, because of his association with Krause is what you're saying. I mean, you know, well, Jordan.
1: Yeah, I in, mean, that's part the- of it is that he just seemed yeah. embittered by it.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I suppose, and, and I and I and I also think that Jordan thinks, well, I could have won three with with just Scotty. Also, I didn't really need him to do that, <laughs> <Right>. you know, <laughs> like like that was Jerry's guy. We took him along. It's okay, yeah. but right. but me and Scotty, that that that's what we, you know, because he won the other three with Pippen also.
1: On the baseball front, some people are saying they find it impressive that he hit two hundred. In double A ball with basically no experience or training, what do you think?
0: You know, I've i spent a little time around minor league baseball, and i you know know enough people that have tried to play baseball. I I think it is impressive. He's he's obviously a great athlete. You know that sure. stealing thirty bases. Uh, Terry Francona said he drove in fifty runs. There's not a lot of guys driving fifty runs. The the what but, but but also what Francona said was it takes 1500 at bats so he's playing his first year of minor league baseball at 31 so he would have gotten to the major leagues theoretically at 33 or 34 that's kind of late to be starting a career and would he have been satisfied to be a guy who's like a you know a two day a week player and and hits 225 for a season pinch runs some you know i mean after a while that might have gotten old
1: for him Yeah, I just don't know. I mean, on the one hand, it's hard to hit any baseball by a professional, even at the single-A level. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, he is a great athlete, and it's not like he was raking. You know, he was a slap-judy, no-power, lanky, slow-swinging dude who was just out there trying to do his best. I wasn't as impressed. Like, some people, I think, are overplaying it just a bit. I mean, Tim Tebow— is still not a major league player. He's got a better body for it. He played more recently. He's put more effort into it than Jordan. And he's not still close to being a major leaguer. So what does that tell you?
0: Yeah, well, that that's true. Uh, and and the ones that have done it, like Bo Jackson and Danny Ainge, both played baseball all the way through, and they got to the major league. Same with Deion Sanders. You know, He didn't play spring football at Florida State. But I think that that the guy doesn't play any baseball from the time he's 17 years old until he's 31, and still is competitive. Yeah. You know, still it, it's it, it, he he is a freakish athlete. Now baseball is a little different because athleticism is only a part of the game. There's a more of a skill to it. Right. But I I just think that that what he did was was still incredible. And the other thing was. How many guys can go from being the guy in one sport to being one of the guys in another? And right. he seemed to to really like that. He seemed to, to like the fact that he yeah. wasn't a the star there.
1: Do you believe in the conspiracy theories about gambling and a mandated suspension is the reason he went to baseball? No. Because Do you? Because...
0: Because of what... I'm,
1: o- I'm always open to a good conspiracy. You know, me. of course me, you Andy. are. Of course you are.
0: <laughs> but 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 I, I, I do agree. Who's the uh, one of the one of the talking heads there said that uh, David Stern, the ultimate capitalist, has a league where the biggest superstar is <laughs> he... Michael Jordan. And you're going to take him out, you know, for 18 months.
1: Yeah, he, he wouldn't chase him out. I, I, I tend to agree on that. But I do think the gambling was more out of control had more worrisome tentacles than perhaps we'll ever know
0: yeah I think they were and they were worried about the connections with slim bouler and his his uh, mob ties and askiness uh, and all that I, I think that that was that was a factor but I don't think that there was this secret mandated suspension I think by now something would have gotten out that you're talking 22 years ago
1: yeah uh, then lastly uh, what else about the Jordan documentary that you thought about like, didn't like, as we are now at the finish line. Two more episodes to go, and we're done.
0: It's it's still a little bit, you know, disturbing to go back and forth. I, I, I sometimes don't Come on! You know, yeah. Wait, uh,
1: what was it, hard for you to follow? They put a, a, a timeline right on I, the screen, Andy.
0: I understand, but, like, here we are. Well, where, <laughs> how did we get here? Well, things are, <laughs>
1: tied, things are tied together. You know, yeah. the first three-peat provides echoes for the second three-peat. And, and vice yeah. versa.
0: You know, you know, it's been really interesting to me is that we're talking about something that is history. It's something that took place to, in some cases up to 40 years ago when they go back to his high school. We now have postgame shows for all these documentaries where people talk about something that happened in the documentary as if it was a game that just occurred. And it's, it's, it's strange. I, I can't compare it to anything else I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, well, we'll, you know, have that. Cause
1: hopefully never again in our lives we'll be in a, in a uh, pandemic like this without sports well, for as yeah, many days as we've been.
0: Yeah, that's true. And then, and then, uh, in, in all these post games, the people that he's attacked come out and talk to Scott Van Pelt to <laughs> the show. I know. You know? <laughs>
1: it's like one big reality show. Yeah. All right. Uh, did we didn't talk since the Redskins schedule came out? Did we?
0: No, he did not.
1: I got him at seven and nine, I think, something like that.
0: I got six, six and six. ten. Okay, six and ten.
1: That's and it. and what do you make? No primetime games for the first time since nineteen eighty two.
0: Yeah, I mean that that's uh, and I thought that that was a requirement. I guess the, uh, the Thursday thanks
1: the Thanksgiving... Thanksgiving game ticks us. That takes care of our duties. The only other team. With a smaller national footprint, the Detroit Lions.
0: Hmm. See, I, I had always thought too that the Redskins had done well nationally. Now I know the local ratings have dropped quite a bit, but I thought the national TV ratings were still pretty good, and that's where they were putting them on. Obviously, that's not the case anymore. I mean, they—you they, know—certainly you're going to put Tom Brady on. Tom Brady is in. Is in. A prime spot, huh. not just, not just the five night games, but right. the uh, there's four more national games, nine times during the season. That's
1: a lot and, of Tom Brady. They better hope he doesn't break, yeah. Because then, then you've overordered Tampa Bay. Not that yeah. they'll be terrible, but still, it, the attraction is absolutely Brady. Um, what do you make? So with the Redskins, is this Andy rock bottom?
0: Whew, man, seems like we've said that before. I, mean, I know. It's hard. It's it's hard to think of them with a confident coach in Ron Rivera and say, this is worse than Jim Zorn. Uh, you know, I, I just, I, it's just hard for me to get my, but
1: Jim rock, Zorn. Rock Vinny bottom Zorato. has to, rock pot, rock bottom for Redskin fans has to encompass the lack of hope for the future. So in other words, the middle of Zorn's two years felt hopeless, right? Yeah. Cause yeah. the season had collapsed the players were rebelling, led by Clinton, and we knew this guy was a fucking dipshit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah.
0: No, totally incompetent. To- to- totally in over his head. No question.
1: Right. All right. What about the final? What about the unraveling of the Shanahan era?
0: Yeah. I felt that. I felt that at the end of that three and 13 season, because at that point, you go, okay. He learned his lesson about Zorn. He hired a competent guy who had two Super Bowls, and he blew through that too. Right. And so now, who are you going to attract? And okay, Jay Gruden, fine, but you know, it's it's the, not the right Gruden. So yeah, I I felt I felt at the end of that season,
1: psh,
0: where 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 are they? Yeah. Where's the hope? I mean, the, and, oh, and the and the shiny new Robert Griffin the third had been crashed too. So yeah. y- y- you know, yeah, you yeah, 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 the combination. That was of, bad. That yeah. was a
1: really bad winter, to be sure. Yeah. And then it begat, yeah. you know, old Jay Gruden. Hey, hey guys, I'm Jay Gruden. I'm not the other Gruden. What a yeah. dipwad he was. Um, what do you make of the ESPN Monday night football booth wipeout? Tessator back to college, Booger back to the studio. Looks like they're gonna go with some combination of Lewis Riddick. Dan Orlovsky, and maybe Steve Levy, or as I like to call it, generic house salad.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, given the economics of the time, I think, you know, I worked with Levy at the fan. He's he's fine. There's nothing wrong with him as a play-by-play guy. But he's a company Green- hustler,
1: isn't he, though? He'll yeah, spout. Yeah, he- he's not as bad as Greeny, yeah. but he knows how to dance for the man, right? Yeah, but,
0: but in terms of calling a football game, he doesn't seem to get in the way of it and doesn't do the overly enthusiastic first quarter, right. first down the Tessitore uh, used to do. <laughs> uh, and and, and they, they seem to have learned their lesson that just hiring an ex-cowboy is not the way to go. Orlovsky is, you know, that's an outside the box thing. That's a guy who was a terrible NFL quarterback who's you know, really hustled and, and made a name for himself doing all these football shows on ESPN. He's pretty good. I really like Lewis Riddick. I think that would be a great hire for them. And the uh, wild card is Pat McAfee.
1: No, who's, McAfee no? says there's no chance he gets the job. Ball, Too much that, of a wild card. He wants it bad, but he says he has no chance.
0: Isn't that a good play on his part? Is it, To say I got no he, chance? He's challenging ESPN. And ESPN says, no, 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 we, we like him. Oh, wow. Look, well, I guess they're going to let me be me. Cause he's, he's kind of, you know, he's, he had some odd stuff. Didn't he get uh, swim in the fountains or something in, in when he was playing for the Colts? Uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> I believe he did. He got caught swimming. <laughs> in the fountains. At night.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, so they, you know, they, they've been searching for that Howard Cosell thing for so long. Dennis Miller, Tony Kornheiser, um, and so McAfee might be that guy. I don't know
1: if your Tess, and you and I are in the biz, we understand how hard it is to get a big break. This was the break of a lifetime for him. Yep. And now it's flamed out in two years. Do right. you feel any empathy for a guy like that thinking, how would I feel in his shoes if I had the shot of a lifetime and it lasted two years? He's still... In a great job calling college games for the worldwide leader, but this was it, and it's gone.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know that that happened, but th- it's happened to to a lot of guys here, and and it's what you do next. You know, Boomer Asianson carved out a very good career after he got booted after two years Monday Night Football. Couldn't get along with Al Michaels.
1: Boomer was so, on Monday Night Football TV. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. forgot that. Yeah, yeah,
0: and uh, he, Al didn't like him. And uh you think, oh, OK, that was his big shot and that's the end of him. And he's pretty big deal. He's got, uh, you know, the CBS stuff and got a radio show oh, yeah. and, and all the other things that he does. So, uh, you know, I think I think Tessator is better suited for what he was doing, boxing and college football. That's sort of. What he is, he really wasn't wasn't that. I I thought Sean McDonough was was going to do okay. Apparently, he and Gruden couldn't get
1: along. Oh yeah, they didn't get along, and uh, it was a very it was a very dark, critical broadcast at times. But that's you know, Mm -hmm. I like McDonough, but he was a dark cup of coffee. Tess Tess was you know a sweet cappuccino and overly (laughs) cheesy. I mean.
0: Come. Ball is out. Ball is out. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Scope and
1: score. now that's a supercut of calls so it's not one single call i just want to be fair about that i would always play that uh, for scott lynn who could not stand Tessa yeah i was always test neutral i didn't mind him punching up the big moments and i thought he was a cleaner call of a game than al michaels but it was too much for too many people just okay too but much.
0: but look at look at what he had to deal with the first year he's got this stiff of a former tight end who had nothing to say. I know Witten who's in the booth and, and there were reports that the reason they put Booger McFarlane on that ridiculous cart down on the field is yeah. Witten had it in his contract. Yes. that He was to be the only analyst in the booth.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: I mean, come on. So, so you, you, you've really saddled him with a dead horse there and, and then, <laughs> and then they go, they go well. Thank God he went back to football because he really sucked. And no. they just put Booger in the booth, and it's like, Bleh. you know, Boog and Tess. Eh. Yeah.
1: All right. Last question: What'd you make of Norman Chad's column in the Washington Post saying we don't need more sports right now? We need less.
0: Yeah. That. That. Sometimes the headline is not written by the writer, but that's
1: in the story.
0: Yeah, it it, it is, and I really. You know, I, I, Norman Chad peaked for me 30 years ago when he was in the national. He uh, he did a, a couple of columns a week, and they were funny and mostly about television. And ever since then, he just sort of hasn't found his footing. And I've, I've sort of ignored this column. I know he writes it once a week, and it's you know got a few jokes in there, but I never really read it. This one's gotten attention because there's nothing going on. And people go, oh, what do you mean less sports?
1: We don't have any sports. <laughs> How can we, we less get less sports? than zero, basically?
0: <laughs> yeah. And so so more people are going. And then you read it and you go, well, I'm really not sure what point you're making. You want to have more time for dinner with your family. Well, you can do that while sports are going on. It's not prevented. You can read a book when sports are going on. It's not a bad thing if we have them. You can use them however you want. So, which of know. the th-
1: which of the three non-NFL sports will play this summer? NBA, NHL, MLB, or none all or some combination? Go.
0: Uh I think that th- baseball for sure. That's that's going to happen. Uh, I don't think hockey's going to happen and I don't think basketball's going to happen.
1: Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Andy, good to talk as always. We'll chat next week, brother. Dave, have a good week. All right, take care. See you. All right, let's end on this. Time for our Rona talk. I'll try to blitz through it as fast as I can. There's a lot of good information out there. Uh, If you follow some accounts on Twitter, and I follow an eclectic group of Twitter accounts, uh, interesting people, some smart people out there, and you get information you, of course, don't get. From the mainstream media. First of all, lots of supportive emails from you guys saying "keep it up, I love it." And for those that just can't take it, don't want it, you know where this thing exists. It exists at the end of the podcast every day, so you can just turn it off and remain in your blissful bubble. All right, I think this is stand up in March week for the country. It's like in a war or a war movie in which you know a a, a battalion or a unit. It's hunkered down. They've taken a lot of casualties because of battle. And, you know, they're 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 hunkered down and like, all right, we gotta regroup. At some point, you gotta stand up and march. And I think the nation is at that point right now. First of all, the numbers support it totally if you look at the actual numbers. But it's a case where you're seeing stories left and right and you're like, wow. This is going to be maybe the most interesting week of the entire pandemic because Elon Musk over the weekend said, I'm moving my plant out of California. That's it. I've had it. He sues Alameda County. And then on Monday, he says, I'm opening the plant. I'll be there on the front lines. If you want to arrest anybody, arrest me. Will the state of California arrest Elon Musk? Maybe it could be happening right now as I record this at 8.30 p.m. on a Monday night. But that is a huge, bold move by a billionaire with a major company in California. Also, smaller companies left and right, smaller businesses are finally saying, that's it, I'm just going to go ahead and violate the orders because what have I got to lose? I'll go out of business if I have to stay closed any longer. So it's sort of a lose either way. You got two different counties in Pennsylvania that have already said to the governor, Tom Wolfe, That's it. We're going. And the governor has responded with a scathing multi-tweet string that says, We will cut off your funding. I will not let you jeopardize the health of everyone else in the Keystone State. In Wisconsin, Governor Evers, in a last-ditch move maybe to ease things and head off what could be an unfavorable court ruling in the Supreme Court, (laughs) has allowed small businesses... Five people at a time in the store. That's it. Five. Based on what? What science is that exactly? And people have pointed out, that's not going to do businesses any good. And apparently it only applies to those that sell goods. It's not for, say, barbershops or hair salons because they sell a service. Why? Who the fuck knows? But he did open drive-ins. So you got that going for you, Wisconsin, which... How many are even left? Why were they closed? How could a drive-in be fucking closed? What I don't get is this. The Democrats have got to win, I think, two of the three states to win the election. Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin. They've got to win two of those three, I think. I don't know. I'm not Nate Silver and 538. That's just my hunch. All three were very close this past time around. I don't see how this helps them win those states, but I may be totally wrong. I may totally misunderstand how the voting dynamics work in these states. Maybe the small businesses who are getting fucked really good in the ass right now in those three states haven't voted Democrat, won't ever vote Democrat. And maybe those that were on the fence that were normally Democrat voters that switched to Trump, maybe they're liking this somehow. Maybe it's a you know, consortium of old people, retirees who feel like, oh, my governor is keeping us safe. I like her. Like Governor Whitmer in Michigan. I don't know, but it just seems to me like there's a lot... I know there's a lot of Democrat voting Wisconsinites who are right now losing bars and losing restaurants because of this. I can't imagine this is going to help them, but I'm I may be totally wrong. This might be the perfect play to win those states, to keep ratcheting down the pain as long as possible. Why aren't the doctors being listened to? Over and over, all over the country, doctors and health, uh, you know, the, the hospital administrators are saying, we are dying. We've got to open up. It's a disaster for the healthcare system. And it's going to have a long-lasting effect. The numbers do keep looking great for the country. If you want to follow a numbers guy on Twitter, Ethical Skeptic. Ethical Skeptic is the Twitter account. And he puts out these charts that are very, not confusing, but they have a lot of things I'm not quite sure about. But I get his main gist of it. Basically, the testing in America is the highest it's ever been in raw numbers since this started. The percent of tests that come back positive are almost at an all-time low. For example, in on May 11th, there was only 17,000 positive tests out of like 430,000. That's a 4.5% rate. On April 11th, a month ago, it was 138,000 positive tests. That's 216 Oh, no. I'm sorry. We only did 138,000 tests a month ago. That has probably tripled since and the percent positive has gone from 21.6 down to 4.5. I mean that's those are great numbers. Some states like Rhode Island are apparently no longer reporting their testing, meaning number of tests and percent of positives or percent yeah, percentage of positives, they're just reporting positive cases. Now why would a state start hiding data? Hmm. Oh yeah, Wisconsin is now begging people to get tested. Free test. Come on by. No symptoms needed. Come on by. Wonder why they're doing that. So many people are like, yeah, no, fuck that. (laughs) If I don't feel sick, I'm not going to get tested. Why would I? Antibody testing in Ohio says that it's been here since January. They found out uh, a couple of tests, uh, I believe, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, mortuary, Mortuary tests? Why can't I think of this? God, my brain is going. It's terrible. Autopsies. Autopsies have revealed that there have been cases in Ohio since January. A pathologist in the UK says the most common symptom of COVID-19, the most common symptom, is nothing. In other words, asymptomatic. Nothing at all. Most common symptom. On the sports front, Dennis Dodd, who I love personally and I've talked to on my show a million times, he just seemingly is caught in this web of hysteria and paranoia. On my show one time, about a week or so ago, he said, this madness that the Georgia governor is engaging in. And I was like, okay, he's one of those guys. Well, as we know, Georgia's numbers continue to fall. There's been no spike And of course, guys like Dodd are not going to come out and admit they were wrong. Dennis Dodd tweeted out, current estimate that there's a college football season 35%. 35%. That, he's wrong. (laughs) Good news is, I I still like Dennis, but he's been wrong and he'll be wrong on this. I put the chances of a college football season damn near 99% because they can't afford not to just like the colleges cannot afford not to have students on campus. The reckoning will come and they will realize we we've got to somehow understand we're living with this thing for the next couple of years and we're going to manage around it. We're, we can't stay shut down financially. We can't afford it. Oh yeah. Dodd also snitched apparently on a seven on seven workout that had about 50 football players in Kansas. The replies to that were just, just scathing. I, Oh a bunch of teenagers were playing football in Kansas. Somebody tweeted, the first law of Karen dynamics is that Karen can be transformed from one form to another but can neither be created nor destroyed. I do. I love that. It's true. If you have the mindset of a Karen... It It's going to exist and manifest itself in one way, shape, or form. It never goes away. It stays somewhere. It just moves into different forms. The UK has approved the Premier League to return June 1 behind closed doors, but some problems still exist. The lower-tier clubs that don't make as much money aren't as keen on it. And also, there is an issue with fans about neutral sites. They're worried about fans showing up outside the stadiums. So... They'll have to work through that. Peter King had a big, quote, exclusive interview with Dr. Fauci. And I'm like, exclusive? This guy has been everywhere all the time. Fauci said a lot of things about football and what might happen and how often you have to test. And, oh, my God, what if Patrick Mahomes tests positive? He's going to have to quarantine for 14 days. And he said if multiple guys get sick, they're going to have to shut it down. And Peter King was wringing his hands. What have I said, people? What have I said, Leagues? Fauci is not your friend. He's also not your commissioner. You don't have to do anything, he says. You can manage positive tests in a way that you see fit. You don't have to do what he says. Plus, Fauci's been wrong as well. He's the guy that said, don't wear masks. They're stupid. Kevin Streelman on the PGA Tour says the tour has chartered planes to help get players from one event to another when they start up again to keep their bubble tight. Interesting, it might just work. It's something to try, that's for sure. Sam Darnold says for the Jets he's not worried about COVID when he goes back to practice when their facility opens up. Well, why not? The guy had mono last year. He's now bulletproof. Sean Doolittle of the Nats is very concerned about safety and health of not just the players but everyone involved and had a long thread about it, which I started, started to read, and then I see him with links to articles, and he's explaining, this is a novel coronavirus. There is no vaccine, and no one has natural – and I'm like, oh, God, here we go, as if we're not paying attention. Thank you, Sean. If you're concerned about playing, maybe you should ask the team for a year off. Mario, Mario Cuomo, <laughs> Cuomo in New York, Governor Cuomo called it the European virus on Monday. Are you fucking kidding me? The European virus, whatever. Twitter says they will start flagging some COVID tweets that they believe are misinformation, not necessarily deleting them, but just saying, are you sure you want to read this? This is misinformation. People quickly said, yeah. How about all the misinformation from uh, the health officials that have been proven to be wrong over the last two months? The UK is waking up to the Neil Ferguson disaster model, which was so bad. And they're writing about it in the Telegraph and other places. It's stunning. I, of course, know very little about math, but reading the recaps of how fucked up his model was and how bad it was. It's staggering that the government actually used it as a credible piece of intel to say, oh shit, that many deaths? We better go ahead and shut down. California and four other Western states are going to ask the federal government for $1 trillion in bailout money. You know what many of us and the rest of the country say? Hell to the naw naw. Scientists in Norway say closing schools was not a good or balanced mitigation strategy, so they are course-correcting and reopening schools. Quote, we didn't recommend it. What we thought should have been done was to introduce infection protection measures in schools. So at least Norway is admitting, yeah, probably not the right thing. I'm not sure anyone in this country, any authority, politician, health official will ever admit, yeah, you know what, this was wrong. Also, new COVID-19 deaths just collapsed in Sweden. It will probably not have more than 4,000 COVID deaths. Everyone was saying, oh, my God, Sweden's going to be a disaster. Look at their curve. Oh, by the way, the Neil Ferguson model said Sweden would have 96,000 deaths. Missed it by that much. All right. Lastly, I'll end on a happy note. IKEA masturbation incident in China forces company to tighten security. I'm sorry. What'd you say? You heard me. Kia, Ikea masturbation incident. Luckily it was a woman, not some weird pervy dude, an attractive looking woman, a nothing but a white shirt, nothing else would go and pose on different pieces of Ikea furniture, pleasure herself and passers by would be seen on camera going, is that, a, is that a woman diddling or dingle right there on the Ikea couch? Somebody said they'll come in and say, can I buy that couch right there? Oh, sure, we have that model in the back. We'll go ahead and bring it out. But no, 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 no. I don't want one from the storeroom. I want that one right there. You disgusting It's not me. I'm saying somebody will. That'll be a wrap for today. Thank you for downloading. Don't forget, we've changed to Red Circle. If you get a chance, cancel out of your Libsyn subscription for Friday. Sign up at Red Circle. You can get 12 months for the price of 11 And you can also get your Friday's Abe delivered to whatever platform you like to aggregate your content on. Quality content worth paying a price for. I do it myself, and I appreciate you guys as well. Have a great Tuesday, everybody, and we will see you tomorrow.